Yeah. <laughs> so have you got any more posts on your uh, your project that you were doing? No, the uh, the the French Revolution seems to have ended. Okay. With the, that Facebook admin, yeah. but uh, nothing since then. I've been trying to figure out how to do the next. I figured out what the next project's going to be, and I spent about three days doing a test to see if paper was structurally sound. Well, let's let's do it. let's talk about the first project. Well, the, not your first, but a project that you just finished. The on. recent one. Yeah. Well, what is that? Uh, it's the IXS, IXS Enterprise. For someone that doesn't know jack shit about any of that <laughs> stuff, what is that? So, uh, in 2014, NASA did a design study to see... Uh, they, they had a bunch of engineers and a couple of graphic artists work together to figure out what would a, a Alcubarri warp ship look like. An Alcubarri? Uh, Alcubarri. That's Alcubarri. The, the, that's the physicist that came up with the whole idea oh, okay. of, of warping space by stretching it in front of you and collapsing it behind you. Okay. And that kind of propels you forward and thus you can move faster than the speed of light. Warp speed. Yeah. Okay. Basically warp, warp speed. Gotcha. Um, but it's it's... If you were to look at it in the the, it's been theorized for quite a long time. We have no ability to build anything that does it today. Okay. But uh, in the in the Star Trek universe, that is the precursor that leads to the warp drive you see in Star Trek. Okay. And so in 2014, NASA did a design study to say what might one of these things look like. One of the graphic artists they got was Michael Okuda, who did. Uh, a lot of the visual effects and, and visual design work for Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, and all of that. So this is like a big Trekkie. Like, Trekkies Trek- are going to know what this is. So that's why there's a lot of Star Trek influences in okay. it. That's why it looks like it's yeah, from it Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but uh, NASA wanted to figure out you know, what might something of this variety look like. Uh, and the, the, the lead uh, graphic designer was uh, Mark Rodemaker. And... I've always loved the look of it, so I figured out, why don't I turn it into a paper model? And, uh, yeah, sat down with CAD application for a month and a half, started throwing shapes and and lines and and textures and colors together until I got something that looked about right that I thought I could build, and then spent about three months unfolding all the parts digitally, and then then fold, mutilating, and spindling all the parts until it turned into a three-dimensional model in real life. That's pretty crazy. And I've seen some of the parts or some of the, the little intricacies. Yes. They're so small. Uh, some of them are. Um, like surgical tools you got to use to cut some of these things. Yeah, I use scalpels, hemostats, clamps, uh, forceps, self, uh, self-closing forceps and tweezers. Um, to what else do I end up using? Uh, I use a lot of, of miniature scrap brass and aluminum components that just come off a shop floor yeah. that are less than a millimeter in diameter tubing that's less than a millimeter in diameter it's basically what uh what they use for surgical needles yeah <laughs> and uh yeah just keep gluing and, and mutilating it until it looks like what it's supposed to look like so how many of these have you done that is the 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 ixs enterprise was by far the most aggressive and and adventurous of of the models i've designed so far i've okay. made i've been making stuff for more than a decade now on wow. paper but uh, it's by far the most involved of the ones I've designed, and it's my fourth one I've designed total. Wow. So I went from very simple a year ago to very complicated in a very short period of time. So up until a year ago, you basically got 
blueprints from somewhere and didn't design them or how did that work uh somebody else would have already done the cad work and unfolded it and i took the parts that they generated and and basically just applied the the artistry and the craft to it to assemble it okay uh which is not as simple as it sounds yeah um paper is a very unforgiving medium if you've ever made stuff uh, like as a kid made plastic models yeah, I felt art class several times in school. I don't know how good I would be at something like that. So for people who, who have made things out of plastic in the past, uh, you can do pretty horrible things to it and are able to fix it and salvage it. Mm-hmm. With paper, once you go past a certain point of not doing it right, you just scrap it and start over. You, just, you can't come back. That would fucking piss me off. Um, the good if news I had is- to stop like that, like over and over and like redo something, does that happen to you? Um, yeah, the, the rings on that IXS Enterprise, I had to make a total of four before I had two I liked. Oh, God. And that's the most complicated part in the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but usually it's, it's a matter of you work on the part until you like it, then you attach it to other parts. If you don't like what you came up with after 45 minutes of working on it, that for that one little component that's an inch long, mm-hmm. you throw it out and you print off another page and you do it again. Oof. So it's not like you're out a lot of money. You're out your time, but you realize all right, this is what I have to do next time to make it look right. And you try again. Yeah. So you don't have to settle for, well, I did, you got close enough. And, and at that point, if you're just not happy with it, you say, fine, I need three of these in total. I'll make five and take the best three. <laughs> uh, you just set up an assembly line and for a day and a half, run off 12 of them and yeah. keep eight. So uh, it comes off a print, a printer. Yeah, I just use a high-quality inkjet or a high-quality laser printer. Okay. Uh, like just a regular one that you can get? Or are they larger? Um, they're Well, on the, the laser printer side, you're generally not looking at a desktop laser printer. The, like the generic one I got over there in the corner, right? Right. Uh, yeah. The fusers in those generally do not get hot enough to fully adhere the toner to the cardstock. Okay. So you start working with it, you make a score line, you fold it, and the toner falls off the page, which not ideal. <laughs> Uh, inkjets, you can get by with, with just a, a good quality desktop inkjet. Okay. You know, like two, $300 model because that just soaks in and you're not going to brush it off. Okay. Do they, do, do they come with like, do you put color into it or is it all black and then you color it later? Or? Uh, generally the, the color and the tech and the, and the graphics and everything are already baked into the parts. Okay. Gotcha. So you, it's, that's part of the artistry is all right, you, you take two parts, you shape them the way they need to be, and you need to connect them together, but the texture has to line up across that seam as yeah. well. And there are tricks to that as well. And I've seen some of the parts. I mean, they're so small. Oh, yeah. They're, they're dinky little yeah. things. I mean, printers can make mistakes just printing stuff. And yet yeah, <laughs> certain, a certain point, you get into the fact that for the most part, uh, cardstock is a relatively coarse paper material and as part of that you get a lot of bleed off the ink so it's not at all uh, unheard of for you to print off a part on thick cardstock and it bleeds enough that that distorts the part okay and you end up having to go to something much smaller uh pardon me something much thinner in terms of like 32 or 40 pound paper or even down to 18 pound okay because uh, the thinner the paper it is the less bleed there is and the crisper it'll be okay but so how did you get started? Like you said, you started this a decade ago. Yes. So, uh, 
how do you i imagine it, you probably start off with like regular models or something like that that you did that you're really interested in you're like man you know what? I'm, I'm got through this i'm ready to st- take on something new is that how this started or kind of so you know as a kid i made model planes a lot made model rockets stuff like that and i love making things and probably about the age of 11 or 12 i just stopped making models kind of outgrew it at the time and uh, uh, my senior year of college, I was a bit fried and needed a hobby, something to distract myself. And one of the guys in the house said, I'm going over to the, the hobby store. Do you want to join me? I said, sure. I just need to get out of the house. Uh, went over and ended up, they ended up having a, a model ship that was on sale uh, for like 60% off. It was, the, it was a three foot long version of the USS New Jersey uh, battleship from... World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and oh, this is a plastic one. model. A plastic model, okay, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And I don't know how, but I ended up buying thirty dollars worth of paint and, and a couple of tools, and that's what caused me to finish grad school hmm. <laughs> with the distraction I needed. And uh, spent it's kind two, of your release. Yeah, it, uh, spend thirty forty minutes on it every night. And it was just something to chill out with. Gotcha. But uh, did that and took me two years to make that kit finally. Holy moly. Um, Came out quite nice, but yeah, it took two years to do it all. And that got me back into plastic models. So finished grad school, get a job, start buying all kinds of stuff online. That kept going until about 06 or 07 when I realized I've got hundreds and hundreds of kits. I mean, every other day I'd stop at a hobby store on the way home. Mm-hmm. I had hundreds of kits in the crawl space yeah. and on shelves. And I looked at them and realized... I remember, I don't even remember why I bought some of these. <laughs> they were interesting at the time or they were on sale or I thought yeah. they were cool. And now I'm looking at them going, yeah, I have no interest in ever finishing this. Yeah. And kept looking around and realized there are, there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of plastic sitting here. This is also the time it was, you know, it was early 08 where, where the, the cost of the materials to build a high quality plastic model uh, basically quadrupled in about a year span. So what had been you know $17 kit and you'd put 10 bucks worth of supplies into it, yeah. you're now looking at most of 100 bucks. I remember. And so a, a good quality kit in 05 uh, would have been 60 to 70 bucks for a nice Japanese one. You're now looking at 150 bucks for the kit in late 08 and $100, $200 worth of supplies to go into it to make it look nice. What, what was the brand of the... I remember, uh, man, when I was a kid, it was, I think, it started with an S, Stober or Stoner. Um, There's Ravel, Monogram. There's. We were probably uh, looking at two titles. These were like uh, the little Ferrari cars that you get and stuff like that. AMT did cars. There was. um, Or maybe um, it was a glue that was like Stober or Stoner or something like that. Stoner. Testers. Testers, that's it. Yeah, testers. Testers. Made, they make entry level uh, uh, supplies. Yeah, that's about as far as I got very, into it. Fairly uh, bad kits. Yeah, well, those are the ones that I did. But uh, so we are not talking about those at all. Uh, you know, I quickly left those in the yes. dust. Yeah. Um, but realized I had thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of plastic sitting there. I'm no interest in making three quarters of it any longer. Decided all right, I'm going to try something different because I knew my grandfather many, many years ago who he's actually who got the person that got me interested in models when I was a kid. 
Uh, he has he had a half mile of model railroad track in his basement. Uh, he had what looked like he had set it up so that it appeared like the west side of Columbus hmm. in late the late 1950s. That's cool. So the grain silos were of that style. Um, the switching yard, all of that stuff, like you see over. Maybe worth something today if someone still had that. Um, I well, when he passed away, I inherited what was left. Okay, he hadn't touched it in almost ten years, yeah. and uh, uh, it would be kind to call it covered in patina. Okay, as my uncle said, it was covered in dirt. Okay, so it was most of it was junk at that point. Gotcha. Um, but uh, I knew he had made some card models for the railroad setup he had in the basement long, long ago, and I thought. What if I did some of that? That's a lot cheaper than spending two or three hundred dollars on a kit plus the supplies to finish it. Because I got a decent printer, cardstock's fifty bucks, fifteen bucks for a ream. I can figure this out. Can't be that hard after making plastic. Mm-hmm. And it's a slightly, it's a similar but very slightly different skill set for for the two different mediums. And I just kind of fell in love with it because I realized. Uh, within the first week, I downloaded, I think, 12 gigs worth of PDFs of stuff people had already laid out. Mm-hmm. And I realized the the scope of, of subject matter that you could build out of paper was way, way larger than it was in plastic, just due to the economics of it. Okay. So in paper, you either sit down with a, a drafting table or a CAD application, you lay out all the parts. And you basically, it's your time and it's some math and some brain power to generate a kit. Okay. For a plastic kit, if it's something that nobody's done yet, you're looking at ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 to build a mold, uh, 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 a uh, forced injection plastic mold. Mm-hmm. And then you're looking at, you know, all the plastic to go into it and the facility to pop all those sprues and parts out. So it's even a more expensive. So hobby. you're looking at. Usually the minimum of about twenty twenty five grand for a thousand kit run. Are there people that people that do that? Uh, not for fun. They do it for business. Okay, yeah. Which is why Ravel is still using some of the same uh, molds that they had crafted in the late sixties. Okay. Which is why the current pops of the old classic kits look like crap. Damn cat. <laughs> so basically, I fell for the the cheapness of the paper stuff and the the fact that hey a bunch of none of this stuff exists in plastic Mm -hmm. and just started making and making and after about four or five years of that it was a little bit more than that it was about three years ago but yeah i got to the point where it had been seven years eight years since i built a plastic model and just Mm -hmm. said i don't need these anymore they're i'd moved them from one house to another and they were just collecting dust and sitting in cases in the crawl space so Said, fine, I'm going to sell them off. So I started selling them all and haven't missed them. You probably got some nice little cash for your, your new hobby. Uh, not as much as you would think. Okay. I mean, it was... Well, they're $100 kits, right? They were they were 50 to $100 kits. Okay. And I think I had seven cases left at the end. And I think I sold all seven cases for 500 bucks. Okay. Made someone's day. I mean, yeah, there was a guy that had just recently retired and said, I want something to do with my grandson. He said, here, I'll make you a deal. Very cool. It's basically 10 bucks for every 75 or 100 I spent. Yeah. And he was happy and he took everything. Really? So, like, don't need to mess with it. He just took it all. So, about a year ago, you decided to uh, st- start your own, like, to start making it from scratch? Uh, along those lines, for the last 
four or five years, I've been threatening to learn how to do it. I've tried several times and just couldn't put aside enough time uh, consecutively, enough days in a row to to put it together. Because I'd get a day or two here, mm-hmm. and then it would be a month before I could get back to it. And then another day or two, and I'd forgotten everything for the month before. Yeah, okay. So I uh, did that, and... Um, Finally got around to the point where I taught myself enough CAD stuff a year ago. And as a quick proof of concept, I threw together a Hawk missile, which is a a surface-to-air missile the Army, U.S. Army and Marines used in the the 70s and early 80s. And uh, that went pretty well. Uh, Weren't any major issues there. And then after that, I... What was the next one? The next one I said, I'm just going to start making spaceships that I like. Stuff that nobody would ever produce a kit for, mm-hmm. unless it was their thing that they liked. So I just made a I made a spaceship from scratch, put it out there. It probably gets a hundred downloads a month right now. Wow! And thought that's pretty cool. Also, that's a kit you designed. Yeah, it's what I it designed. Up. So um, I know you have a website, and we'll go into that here shortly. Um, but do you? Is this a, a another site that you throw that stuff up on, or is like what what's the community like in this? In this type of thing, is it a huge community? Is it like this it's, is like so underground to me? It seems it's like. very international. Um, the 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 preeminent place to go is papermodelers.com, which is the big paper model building forum on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a map on there for for all the members, and I think there's three in Central Ohio, which is more than I would expect for Columbus. Okay, but there's people from Tokyo. There's people from Central Europe, Africa, all over the place. Really? Um, there, there's probably a few thousand members there. Then there's also a couple of Facebook groups, which are larger, but with eh, not quite as good a signal-to-noise ratio, uh, that have a couple thousand people in them. Okay. 5,000 people in them as well. But uh, yeah, papermodelers.net is where you have a lot of design discussions going on. And hey, here's my... my prototype build of this thing i'm trying to crank out Mm -hmm. um and there's there's more discussions of that variety of how to build how to design how to build well um new kit announcements and they have a download section i tossed it up there and i also tossed it on my website and that just seems to be more than enough your website you have i mean i've seen it there's a lot of photos uh a couple of videos right a bunch of photos, a whole channel on YouTube of, of build okay. videos. Yeah. Uh, some of those are as simple as setting the part on a turntable and spinning it and, and you know, recording it as as all the components build up into a larger model. Other ones are time lapse where it takes a snapshot every 10 seconds mm-hmm. as I'm building something. Um, one of those that uh, I did that on was the, the USS San Francisco, which is a, a cruiser from World War II. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's probably what two two and a half feet long, and that took me five months to build. Okay. And uh, yeah, got home every night, turned on the camera, and just started building. And three or four hours later, I'd shut the camera off, and every couple of days, dump everything off the camera, and it'd be I want to say it's like an hour and a half worth of time lapse photos in general. Is that us? Is that outside? Things outside. I heard music, right? Is your music? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's there's 
12 or 15 time-lapse videos of each section of the ship. Yeah, you did that for your most recent one too, right? Or maybe parts of it? I did parts of it for the for the Enterprise. Okay. And uh, uh, the other nice thing about paper is you get something and say it's 172nd scale. So it's 172nd the size of the original thing of whatever it was. Mm-hmm. You'd say, I'd like to have that bigger. All right. You go into your, your graphics program. You say, scale up 200%. It's now twice as big. Okay. You say, this guy made this thing, but it's six feet long. The, the kit's six feet long. I'd like it half that size. You go and print it at 50%. Right. I mean, you're wasting a little bit of paper there, but you can just basically tailor it to whatever size you That's want. That's cool. As long as there's enough detail there to support blowing it up to a certain size. Now, your latest one, do you have the schematics and things like that for people to, to get? Are you still... I just finished that this past weekend, and that's up online now. Uh, there have been 600 and some downloads of it since Saturday morning. Now you've had, you've gotten a lot of shit online from uh, this a little bit, haven't you? you yeah. got to tell the story of that. Okay. So one of the places I posted it uh, saying, hey, got this thing, this cool thing done. If you want it, come grab it. Uh, you know, free for use. If you want to ship me 10 bucks or, or a gift card for pizza, cool, but no obligation. Enjoy, build away. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, one of the places was on Facebook in a group called uh, Space Stations and Starships of the Galaxy, <laughs> which it, it's basically starship porn. Yeah. It, it's science fiction porn. Okay. It's it's Spaceships of all varieties, stuff you've seen, drawings that people just did yesterday, stuff from, you know, B-grade movies from the 50s. Somebody has a screen cap of one image of something from Mm -hmm. it. You name it, it's up in Star Trek, Star Wars, Battle Beyond the Stars, Galactica, Space Night, just whatever people are interested in. Movies galore, whatever. That's where they get them from. Or magazine or comic books, probably, things like that. Yes. Okay. Or even somebody sketches something out on a a pad, takes a picture of, you know. 30 minutes worth of sketching. Okay. All kinds of stuff. So one of the rules that the, apparently the, this forum has is that they want all, all everything that's posted to be fictional, which doesn't sound like a big stretch. Basically, they don't want people posting stuff from, from NASA in the 60s and 70s. And things that are actually have, have been created. Yes, things that have been built, yes. things that have been flown. There, Which you fit that criteria. Uh, one would think so with an Alcubarri warp ship that, yeah, we have some math on a page to explain how it works, but have no ability to construct or any... We're decades away, if not hundreds of years away, from building an Alcubarri drive at this point. Right. And... Uh, one of the admins decided that uh, he didn't like my post of all these images and said, here, go download it. And said, since NASA funded this study four years ago, therefore it is real because NASA funded the graphic artist that came up with the original images you based this upon. So because he was paid? By NASA. Oh, by NASA. If he'd been paid by me? Wouldn't have been an issue. Or paid by a comic book or paid by something that was... Paid by a TV show. Wouldn't have mattered. He got paid by NASA to do the graphic design on this completely fictional ship that we have no ability to build today. Yeah. And the admin basically started raising a fit saying, this is real because of that. Hmm. So doesn't fit the fictional thing. I, I want to delete it. And within 10 seconds, somebody had posted back, all right, if this is real, uh, when are we departing for the next star? Yeah. 
and that started the French Revolution. If you go through that entire thread, probably a third of it is in response to that admin's message 30 minutes after I posted it saying, I want to get rid of this. The admin sounds like he had an ulterior motive. He's got something in there. Um, A little bit of skin in the game somewhere. I'm I'm thinking it was more of a, a... internet tough guy type oh, thing. Okay. If I have this a little bit. And- this is my thing. I'm an admin. I have control yeah. of this. What I say goes. Yeah. And uh, basically the entire community said, wait, if this doesn't belong here, then none of this other stuff belongs here as well. Yeah. Um, and, and basically so shot it, him it down. It was received pretty well from the community. Then. Oh yeah. Everybody loved it. That's really cool. Uh, within a couple hours, I had like 500 likes, I think. Yeah. Thinking really, you want to have the most popular post you've had in the last month. Mm-hmm. And you want to delete it because NASA funded the graphic designer that right. created the images that I based it upon. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. So your modeling is, uh, you know, kind of the whole gist of this podcast is to, you know, we all have nine to five jobs. We all have jobs that we do that, you know, necessarily uh, aren't the greatest or the most fun. So we do things outside of our nine to five. And, yes. Uh, Not enough to fill your life. Yeah. So that's why you you do the paper models. Yes, it's my creative outlet. Uh, it has most definitely taught me patience over the years. Because mm-hmm. you can imagine spending five, six, seven, eight hundred hours on a project. Um, that takes... I cannot takes actually. takes a, a commitment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it takes a significant amount of time. For sure. The cost is the time. Yeah. Um, but it does... It, it, it gives me something to do. I like to work with my hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we're both in the, in the IT realm and the the it arena is not the most tangible ever right you don't necessarily get to the end of a week and say ha i built this i have something something in your hand yeah um this is really true i mean 15 years ago you could say ha ha i built this and you'd have a dvd in your hand yeah and you can't don't even do that anymore say ha ha i built this check mark yeah done next project but uh with this it gives me something physical to hold in my hand i can look at it and say i made progress yeah i feel good about what i did the, the the military stuff i've built over the years got me into military history and military engineering so lots of things of that variety uh part of me wants to go back and get a phd in military history but not while i'm working you yeah. have to be once i retire You're pretty busy <laughs> yeah just just a wee bit yeah, just a little bit yeah <laughs> and but yeah, it opens up all kinds of stuff. And with these kinds of things, you, you'll start leafing through model plans or, or ideas of something to design. And you say, that looks interesting. Mm-hmm. You start playing with it. You know, two days later, you go, yeah, this this concept just doesn't work. For sure. Uh, it, it's not structurally sound enough for me to properly construct it. It's yeah. just going to fall apart on its. It can't support its own weight and gravity right. type of thing. And others you get with and you just run with them for six months. Um, there's a, all, all the manned NASA vehicles. I built all of those for Mott's Military Museum in Groveport. And I think there's 12 pieces in the cabinet right now. Well, he's... Mott's is a huge place, by the way. And there's yes. buildings and buildings that people don't even go in that he's got stuff in. Yes. Uh, if he had 10 times the floor space... With no new material whatsoever, he could still fill the whole thing with what he has on display now. That's crazy. It is jammed. There's not... I hope to get him on the podcast a couple times. Um, yeah, we 
Yeah, I can get a hold of him. I, I mean, if you got a couple pieces in there, just uh, a couple, right? Yeah, I've donated. That's cool. Many dollars to him. Yeah, uh, and uh, one of his uh, board of directors, one of the guys on his board, is my uh, my old ex boss. Nice. So, uh, Vic and I still chat about that once in a while. But yeah, I've given Warren more than enough money to for him to return my phone call. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the the community a little bit more. Yeah, obviously with the. Um, Doing this, uh, you know, the paper modeling and things like that. Is that what you call it? Or what is it? What is the um, technical term, I guess, for that? It's either paper modeling or card modeling. Okay. It originally expanded out of 16th, uh, pardon me, 17th century uh, China, uh, Japan. Um, Makes sense. More, I mean, they're more of the origami type. Yeah, it's the, it's. So origami and paper modeling originally started in Japan and were seen as retirement pursuits. Mm-hmm. Once somebody was done working for their life, that was a, a, a noble expression of what you did once you retired. Okay. Uh, origami most definitely took the center stage between the two, but uh, people would still build models of buildings and, and uh, models of farms and things of that nature out of, out of paper. And this is kind of the modern equivalent of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, think of it like origami for engineers. So it's a lot more technical than it used to be. Yeah. Uh, origami is very, uh, very centered on the art side of things. Paper and card models very much turn towards the engineering side of things because you have to be pretty good at, at the engineering and structural components just to get some of the stuff to stand on its own. For sure. Uh, if not, it's... You know, you let it sit for two weeks and it just kind of slowly collapses <laughs> because paper's not the most strong thing ever. Yeah. Um, you think about it, it's a piece of paper. Yeah. So uh, uh, a lot of creasing, a lot of folding, a lot of reinforcing. And then there's a lot of stuff you can do on the inside to cheat, basically. Okay. Like you can laminate the inside of parts with chipboard. Um, chipboard is the material you find on like the back of a, a, a pad of paper mm-hmm. that, that Brown cardboard that's not corrugated. Right. That's chipboard. Okay. But yeah, I, I got a couple cases of that stuff. Okay. <laughs> um, another way to cheat is by laminating a eighth inch or quarter inch foam on the inside. Foam sheets cut to just slightly undersized of whatever the big part is. Secrets and of the trade. You can make them stronger or using balsa inside to reinforce as well. But all of this stuff works and the idea is to get it to stand up on its own. <clears throat> But you realize some schlub has been sitting there and just doing just regular paper and has been really pissed off when he wakes up the next day and all this stuff. Now he's like really excited. Like, oh, so this is how you do it. Yeah. He's sitting there with, with, with normal 20 pound <laughs> copy paper. Uh, that's another trick. You use cardstock for the most part, not copy paper. Got you. He's using 20 pound copy paper and using Elmer's glue and scotch tape and markers. That's and, what I would be doing. And it looks good for about 48 hours. Yep. And then it just kind of slowly mushes into a pile on its own so how long i imagine because i mean obviously paper's only got a certain amount of life to it Mm -hmm. um like have your models that you actually donated and things like that are they still standing and doing great or how long do they allow how long do you anticipate you probably don't even really know the answer to that um there was a guy that did some studies on that if you if you treat them properly and build them properly they should last 20 to 40 years for the most part I mean, you want to keep them out of moisture. You want to keep them out of high temperatures and cold temperatures. Okay. But it's it's mainly the moisture content of the air. Is there a, a way to put, and I'm just asking this because I'm curious now. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a way to put like, uh, 
you know, the stuff they put on like Polaroids. Like a and, shellac on it? Yeah, like a... Or a, or a, a, or a varnish? Yeah, something that like keeps it... Yes, okay. there is. the uh, And I'm trying to remember who makes it, but uh, the, the art supply places have it. It's the same stuff you spray on like uh, charcoal drawings. Yeah, yeah okay. Or, or We're paintings. talking about the same thing. Yeah. Um, or like scrapbooks or something like that. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, I can't remember the brand name at this point. Is it 3M that makes it or Scotch? It sounds right. I think Scotch does. But yeah, it's basically the fixative, like you would spray on a, on a charcoal drawing. Okay. And that stuff works well, except it kind of dulls the colors and kind of fuzzes the hard edges on all of the, 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 the imaging that was put on the parts. Gotcha. So it works, but there's also drawbacks. Okay. Um, so kind of going back to the community part of it, have you yes. met some pretty interesting people that are doing the same thing? I mean, is there a, you know, I imagine a lot of people from Columbus will be listening to this kind of stuff. And, uh, yes. so, I mean, there's, there's something in Columbus where someone's like, you know what? I'm kind of interested. So I'd like to take a look at it and like, get my feet wet a little bit or something small to start off with. Like what's the community look like out there in Columbus? Uh, so within Columbus, I've, believe it or not, I've never met in real life any of the other papal modelers I've ever come in contact with. Okay. I've chatted with a couple on the phone. I've interacted online with many, many dozens of them as I've helped them with projects and they've helped me with my projects. But if uh, you're in Central Ohio and you want to see some of these things, I would suggest going to Mott's Military Museum. Okay. Uh, in the back wing he had, where he has all the NASA stuff, you'll see a bunch of models of the, 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 the Redstone, the Atlas, the Gemini program. The, the Saturn 1B, the Saturn 5, which is seven and a half feet tall, space shuttle, wow. uh, Starship 1. Um, there's a model of the Ares 1X before it got canceled and a couple other pieces and the lunar lander in there. They are all in the exact same scale, and those are the ones I donated to the museum. Wow. There's three and a half thousand hours worth of work in that one case, just of the stuff that I donated. You said the one is seven feet yeah, the Saturn, they're all 148 scale. Okay. So a 148 scale Saturn V is seven and a half <laughs> feet tall. He had to specially commission a display case to get built to hold this thing. That's crazy. Um, there's a Soyuz um, uh, from 2011 or 2010. There's a, a Soyuz launch vehicle in that stack of stuff as well. That ends up being about four, four and a half feet tall. The space shuttle is five feet tall, five and a half feet tall. Uh, the the Saturn 1B is about five feet tall. And we can include links to some of these images in the, in the show description as well. But uh, it, it's definitely possible with cardstock to make sizable things. That's cool. Uh, that Saturn 5, it comes apart in the various stages like the real one did. Mm-hmm. So you can pull apart the first and second stage and see the separators between it and the, and the, and the control collar that link the two mm-hmm. and the top of the, the oxygen tank and the bottom of the third stage. And you can pull apart the second and third stage and see the same thing. Uh, you can do a lot of very interesting things in paper that you wouldn't think you necessarily could. And you can incorporate a, quite a lot of detail, as much or more than you could in plastic or resin. Okay. So... But uh, yeah, I've never met any of the the other community members in real life. I mean, there has to be some out there, right? There are some. Um, there is a a relatively well founded plastic modeling group here in town. The the IPMS chapter, uh, Eddie Rickenbacker chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they meet in the Westerville Library now. They used to meet at the hangar off of Don Scott for 
the Highway Patrol, the Department of yeah. uh, Highways. And uh, I think they meet in the library in Westerville now. Okay. But they're very, very strong in the, the plastic realm. But plastic modelers, shall we say, tend to look down on the paper modeling guys. Okay. Just because... I, actually, I'm not entirely sure why. It, it's much. I'd easy- love to see a paper modeler and a plastic modeler just duke it out. The thing is, if you if you're either one of those two and you're smart, you don't even try to have an argument. Gotcha. You just appreciate what the other guy can do. Yeah. And you move along. It's a piece of art. I mean, it really yes. is. Either way you look at it, it plastic a, or paper, it, it's creative outlet. Either way you slice it, for sure. There are certain things that are much easier to do in plastic, like compound curves which are very, very difficult to do in paper. Because mm-hmm. you think about paper. All right, you take a sheet of paper, you can roll it into a cylinder. So you can impart a curve upon it in one dimension. You can't turn that cylinder into a sphere easily. You have to end up slicing it apart and making a whole bunch of truncated cones that are just the right size that kind of sort of appear as a sphere gotcha. when you're done. Okay. So, but that is basically taking a sphere and, and slicing it into a lot of pieces, a bunch of different uh, dimensions. Gotcha. Um, the 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 plastic side, you can do count compound curve. It's mm-hmm. very easy to create a sphere. Yeah. Uh, think about uh, the body of a of a of a car. There's a lot of compound curves in a car body. Mm-hmm. That's very relatively easy to do in plastic. It's much harder to do in paper or cardstock. Gotcha. Not to say you can't do it. There have been some that have been pulled off magnificently. Uh, for example, there's a model of the Aston Martin DB9 out there that is absolutely gorgeous in paper. The only thing you notice about it is it's kind of square when you get down to right above the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hood looks right. The roof line looks right. The trunk looks right. The, the windshield, both front and back, both look right. And it's all out of paper. So... It's a matter of playing to the strengths of what you have. Yeah. It's kind of how I design the models as well. There are certain things. I'll do the main structure in, in paper. And then let's say there's a big antenna that sticks out of it. I'm not going to expect somebody to roll a piece of paper into a, a half millimeter long tube that's six inches long. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm not going to, I can't do it. Um, that's a very difficult technical feat. So... I'll basically say, yeah, yeah, go to your hobby store and buy a foot-long piece of brass tubing that's oh, a half yeah. inch long or a half millimeter wide and yeah. cut it in half and glue it in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- that's just an exercise in frustration to try to roll a tube that small that long. For sure. It's it's impossible, near impossible. Yeah. There are people that do it, but that's an art in and of not itself. You. But I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to spend 12 hours making one a tube. tube that's a half millimeter in diameter. Gotcha. Well, all your models look very professional. Oh, thank you. They look extremely good. Um, you do have a website, correct? Yes. Uh, my personal site is insanityunlimited.com. Um, I have model plans up there along, as, uh, along with the galleries of all the stuff I've recently made. Uh, I have stuff back into the late 90s. I started taking pictures of stuff when I was in grad school. Okay. Uh, but shall we say the digital cameras of 1990. <laughs> Eight were not the best. Yeah. So the quality of those images is pretty poor. But uh, what yeah. I like about your website, it um, you take photos at various stages. It's not just of the end. 
you yes. know, what you've done. You take someone can literally click on a project you're doing or have done and see the various stages of which you've done it. Uh, I kind of viewed it as even before I was designing my own models of it'd be nice to document what it takes to make this happen. Yeah. If you just have a single picture of something at the end, you say, that looks good. Yeah, that's sitting on a shelf at a museum, maybe, hopefully. And if I'm lucky, it's sitting in a, in a museum. But you have no concept of what it took to make that happen. And I realized after starting to take those images to explain what goes into it, that those can be very easily adapted into a set of instructions for somebody else to build the exact same thing. Yeah. So that's how I did the IXX Enterprise. Is every time I got something completed and stuck on, took a picture of it, posted it. Those are the images that appear in the instructions That's on really cool. how to construct the whole thing. So if someone wants to get a hold of you, your contact info is on your uh, website or not? I know yeah. they can get a hold of you on the uh, not the nine five uh, yeah, gmail dot com. Get a hold of me through this show or uh, David at insanityunlimited dot com. Um, my contact information's up there as well. Uh, I do gladly accept commissions. If somebody <laughs> wants to have something constructed, I'll just warn you that shipping of these things is non-trivial, mainly due to their, their how delicate they are. But uh, yeah, if you're somewhere in Ohio or stopping by the center of Ohio, we can easily hook up and make it happen. Uh, it's also worth noting these are not short-term projects. It's not, hey, I need this in a week and a half. Yeah, It's more like, I need this in four months. Yeah. Uh, they take a good amount of time. Uh, did a recently did a commission. Uh, the most recent commission was a, a coworker was interested in old motorcycles. Well, her husband was interested in old motorcycles mm-hmm. and wanted to get something special for him. Okay. So she asked me, "Can you make you know an old an old bike of some variety?" I said, "How old are you talking about? You know, sixties, fifties, twenties? What's the oldest thing you can come up with?" think i have plans for a 1906 harley davidson yeah this is one of the the bikes that it looks like a bicycle oh yeah with a tank and a big leather belt on it yep and uh ended up making that entire thing and it's about a foot long it's one six scale and i think that took about two and a half months ended up making jigs so i could construct all of the um you can hear somebody sawing somewhere yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, Can't uh, hear him anymore. <laughs> ended up making a jig for the 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 wheels because all of the wheels in the early 1900s were all done with just wire spokes. Okay. So all of the spokes in the images that you see of that are thick thread woven around a jig. That makes sense. Tied tight. And that works well enough for a model, but mm-hmm. of course it wouldn't work in, at full size. For sure. But it made it looked right. That's the important part. I don't yeah. really care what it takes to get to the point where it looks right, as long as it does look right. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll beg, borrow, cheat, and steal any mechanism I can come up with. I don't. Uh, I'm not one of the people that says it's got to be made out of paper. Yeah. It's a plastic model. It's got to be made out of plastic. It's got to look right. I'll take needles off of hypodermics. Mm-hmm. I'll take scraps of balsa. I'll take stuff out of the kitchen. I'll take stuff out of the hardware store. I don't really care where it comes from. Yeah. Uh, actually, one of the classic ones is one of the very first models of the the International Space Station. Uh, a number of pieces in it are Coke bottles, uh, aspirin bottles, <laughs> and stuff from the drugstore. <laughs> 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 I 
because it's about the right shape. Okay. So they, they sanded stuff down, chopped stuff off. Yeah. But like, well, that's a lot easier than trying to make it from scratch. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I gladly accept commissions. If anybody's interested, I'm happy to do so. Very cool. Um, if I make 10 cents an hour, I'm usually doing pretty good. There you go. Well, it's an enjoyable thing for you, right? It's it's it's, you, it's a labor of love. Do you plan on doing anything uh, when you get into retirement a little more maybe fruitful or maybe a little more paid gigs and things like that? Have you thought about anything like that? Um, I, I have. I don't know that the market is there for it. Gotcha. I definitely will spend a lot more time designing models cool. and, and building models. If I could get on I mean, my dream job uh, from well, in terms of jobs that pay anything at all, mm-hmm. my dream retirement job is working at uh, Wright Patterson Airfield at the museum there. They have five model builders on staff there that are paid by the federal government. That's crazy. They don't make a lot of money. They've all been there forever. So the waiting list is quite long to apply for any of those positions, yeah. shall we say. But yeah, I think the average tenure is something like 20 years for each You probably of have to wait for someone to croak. You basically have to wait for somebody to become old enough and ill enough that they can no longer do it. <laughs> that's which horrible. is horrible. <laughs> but that's, that's how openings occur there. Okay. I mean, those guys have been there in Dayton for... I think the one guy has been doing it for 32 years. Okay. And he's like, yeah, until I can't do it, I'm going to be here every day. Yeah. So. That's great. Well, I know uh, locally you can see some of, uh, I know the museum at Mott's. Yep. Um, but you can also see here in, in Pickerington, Ohio, can't you? Uh, at a restaurant. Restaurant, yes. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I have a piece that I made for uh, JP at uh, Zapata's Mexican Grill. Great place, by the way. And they're not sponsoring us. Not so. sponsoring us yet. Yes. <laughs> but it is a great place to eat. Uh, amazing Mexican food, cheap beer. Good alcohol, good margaritas. Great service. Yes. Uh, JP's just fun to talk with. But uh, I ended up making a, um, I can't remember the Spanish now. I'm horrible with Spanish. Um, Dea de, de, de Muertos? That close? De You're de right. Bed? You are horrible at Spanish, but I have no idea what it is. <laughs> I believe it's Dea de, de, de Muertos. Okay. Uh, the Day of the Dead. Okay, um, yeah. And uh, JP has a, a tattoo of a... a um, sugar skull, which is a native Mexican art form, making skulls out of sugar and decorating them as such for basically Halloween. Didn't realize it was a Day thing. Day of the Dead. And I said, I was drinking quite a considerable amount of beer one night there and said, hey, I'm bored with what I'm doing right now. Can I make you something? He said, what do you do? I make models. He said, what about a skull? I said, hadn't thought about that. A lot of curves there. Had hadn't really thought that one through. Said, Let me see if I can figure out what I can do there. And I made him a what it's about a foot and a half tall skull. It's it's a what you would consider low poly a, a low poly um, CG construct that got then unfolded and built it out of a ream of yellow and gold colored and orange uh, cardstock. And he has it up on the bar there. So it's uh go get a shot. Yeah. Get a taco. Yeah. Get a burrito. Take a look up. Margarita. Toast. <laughs> and enjoy. Play some Kino. Yes. 
But yeah, uh, that's there. Or you can, of course, visit the website and take a look through the gallery. Cool. We'll have all that in the, um, in the show notes. In the show notes. Um, and then uh, we should have some video up, not of this show, but here in the future, we'll have some video up um, on a YouTube channel. And uh, we're just getting started. Um, but again, this whole this whole web... Uh, um, what am I trying to say here? Podcast. Podcast. Thank you. This whole podcast is about, uh, you know, we know people have nine to five jobs. We both do. Um, but uh, we just, you don't need to die at the desk. There's other things in life that can keep you going. Um, and some people that, and we'll have people on that have uh, chosen to do things that they are passionate about uh, for their nine to five. And hopefully someday that's where we'll be. Yeah. If you're lucky, you get paid for doing something fun that you care about. If not, uh, find uh, find find what it is you, you are passionate about. Go after it and start doing something, yeah. uh, whatever it might be. Um, don't want anybody to sit there and you know get to their deathbed and said, "I wish I'd had more fun. I wish I'd gone and done something." Yep. Yeah, that'd be the worst thing. So you're not going to sit there and say, "I wish I'd spent more time at work." Yeah. Nobody's ever going to say that. Nope. Not not a single person. So that's what this whole podcast is about. We'll have some interesting people on the show. Um, again, we talked to Dave Lukens here today. Um, and then uh, our next show, we'll, I think he'll be interviewing me. Yes. So uh, we'll plan on doing that soon. Take care. All right. Bye. Which is why the current pops of the old classic kits look like crap. Damn cat. Meow, meow, meow. So basically, I fell for the the cheapness of the paper stuff and the the 